available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Wow. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, (laughs) we make the podcast of champions. One half of us can sing, the other cannot. Uh, That was great. David, wait, wait, wait to sing your way. Did you enjoy it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was our second take because you were singing so well, you forgot to say part of your line. Then you're looking at me, just laughing. We should have just left that in there. We should have. We should actually just keep the entire audio from the beginning of this just in there. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just deleted it, so it's gone. But uh, very good singing there. Uh, Yeah, we're the podcast of champions. That's what we do. Our conference is still alive, unlike some others. So that's good. True. Uh, Love that, and uh, we love. All of our listeners, and they do a great job. Sending does us does love? Does love like quite encapsulate it? It's not the strong enough word. It's a, we need a stronger word. Lust. We lust after our listeners. <laughs> yes, we could get arrested. I think there's nothing. Maybe they... <laughs> in certain jurisdictions, uh, certain states in the f- footprint of the Pac-12, <laughs> yes. we probably could. Um, but yes, we're the podcast of champions. You can email us if you have any questions for us because we got to see this fall camp started. Everyone's in camp now. The whole conference is in camp. Pac-12podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can also call or text us. We got a voicemail this week. Uh, I think our buddy Perk. 424-532-0678. Just pick up the phone. I know you millennials don't call people anymore, but call, call us and just, just shoot the shit with us. Talk about Pac-12 football. Ask us a question, whatever you want. You can tweet us at Pac-12podcast. It's going to get rolling again. Maybe David will get on there and tweet a little himself, Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Usually it takes me to say something he doesn't agree with for him to jump on there. But yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. I have to do that every once in a while just to keep him on his toes. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. <laughs> get him back in there. Uh, the website is pack12podcast.com where you can find all the old episodes and go over to Reddit. Discuss with the other POC listeners. Reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. But most importantly, like we always say, follow us, rate us. Give us the five stars on Apple Podcasts. You got that app on your iPhone, your iPad. Uh, leave us a five-star rating, and you can get 100 bucks just by doing so. Two weeks in a row, we've given out $100 gift, gift cards to Jockey, proud sponsor of the, pod, the Podcast of Champions, but also the Conference of Champions. Uh, yeah, and do we have any new uh, reviews? We've got some new reviews, and Wait. I think we've got a winner somewhere in here today. Okay. We're getting a lot more reviews than we're giving away hundred bucks every uh-huh. time. Yeah, yeah. If you give away hundred bucks, you we're we're literally paying people for five star reviews now. All right, exactly. This is from Keylime five zero three five star review. A variable thirty to sixty minute alarm clock. Once again, I had fallen asleep listening to the first half of the podcast, only to get jarringly awakened by the needlessly loud guitar riff that signals the transition into the commercial break. I have always thought Ryan had a sneak had a swanky podcast studio with all the bells and whistles. 
But I guess waking us all up to listen to the same three commercials about blue, about blue gem sex enhancers, a generic CBS podcast no one cares about, and Ryan's other podcast is how we'll eventually uh, save up enough money to buy Ryan an audio mixer. In short, I can definitely recommend this five-star podcast if you need an alarm for a quick afternoon nap. Have more than 30 minutes, but less than an hour before you need to get back to work? This podcast will wake you up in time. <laughs> very nice. I have a very nice audio mixer. It's really just the board, like that sound. We could probably turn it down a little. No, no, but it's also the sound of the ads themselves because we don't mix those. Oh, yeah. That's not uh, – we don't have that in our – we yeah. just we just say, hey, put an ad here, and they and CBS does that for us. It's beautiful. Or Megaphone or whatever. But But also the guitar riff is insanely loud. Yeah, and we have no idea what the ads are going to be. Like we don't have any control over that, nor it's do just, we make it, any it's money It's just weirdly it's always your podcast. That's, I mean, it's good. I like that. Happy for you. Uh, th- does Bro have an ad on there somewhere? Are they? Uh, we just added ourselves to Megaphone, like oh. literally a week and a half ago. Okay, so you you would have if you were like doing your job for the last two years. Yeah, but now I got to <laughs> figure out a way to do it where like I actually have to do some work and put the gu- guitar riff or some crap in the middle of the podcast and like remember to do it. This uh, our show has a natural break where we can put it in. That's true. Yeah. I uh, I like podcasts with structure. And I've never really had those. Like, it's usually just like talk, break, questions. Like, that's been my, like, structure. But other people have, like, here's this, you know, this is our whatever feature. This is our next feature. That Like, I kind of like those, but I've never done that. No, I find it ter- terrible. You, you don't like them? No, I don't like that at all. No. You like our format? I love our format. Yeah. That's why I insist upon it every week. Um, <laughs> all right, we've got another five-star review. This is from Captain Husky Wolf. Uh, the ASU of podcasts. They're not great, but they show up. Sometimes they surprise you. I randomly picked up an episode after a year off, and they started into five minutes on Master and Commander. I'm now fully <laughs> invested in them again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That did happen. Oh, Frank in Sacramento with a long boy here. Oh, boy. Five stars. Uh, the best college football podcast around. Five stars, of course. The best college football podcast. This is even more true if you love the Pac-12. I should know because I listen to them all. Here's the scoop on the others. Uh, second best is The Audible with Stu and Bruce. These are two veteran reporters with lots of national inside information to share. They never burn a source, and they have many of them. Third best is The Cover 3 podcast. They score high in quantity, if not quality. They are on almost every day and give you great betting information. The drawback is there are four guys talking, and you can't tell the two deep-voiced posts apart. In fourth place is The Cover 2 podcast. Great college football info despite changing hosts. However, the first five minutes is spent hyping their magazines. The good news is listening on Stitcher... You can power through those segments in 30-second bursts. Fifth place goes to the Solid Verbal. Great takes are given, but you need to get past all the Oregon and Notre Dame Homer talk. You also run out of patience with the personal updates that start off the show. See Stitcher jump uh, See Stitcher jump moves noted above. Last is the shutdown full cast. Too many people talking over each other when they do finally get around to football. Lots of forced laughter like, correct, uh, like comedy club open mic night reminiscent of morning AM drive radio from 30 years ago. Frank in Sacramento. Well, Frank had a whole review. Like he mentioned, he a was lot reviewing of it all. Yeah, Frank, it's hard to win when you, most of your review was mentioning other podcasts. Yeah, uh, that's not going to be a winner, Frank. But we appreciate the five star review. I did go through and try to listen to some other. There's some other Pac-12 podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some fa- like couple. There's at least one that was like some fans, like multiple fans across different. Um, mm-hmm. I forget what's it. it no, no truck stops pod. No truck stops. Yes. So what, that's a Bill Walton thing. Yeah, that's a no truck stops uh, in the Pac-12. That's, gotcha. It's a Big 12 thing, or Big 10 and Big 12 thing. Okay. Having truck stops. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, it's, it was kind of enjoyable. I was like, right. I, I respect the podcast, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I enjoyed it as well. 
And I met uh, this girl, Cindy, who was a, she was a track star at Washington State. And it's locked on the Pac-12. Like, so she, it's like a daily one, like a quick one. Um, I think they're like some building out some kind of network. So I've, I've listened to a couple other ones, but uh, I don't think anyone's been around as long as us or as established as us. No, no, we have longevity on our side. Yeah. Not much else, but we do have showing longevity. up, like literally showing up. Is, yeah, it's sort of like at least we don't g- begin every show congratulating ourselves on recording again, like we used to do. That was remember yeah, when we used like, to hey, do that about every week. Hey, months. we did it again. Yeah, <laughs> we both showed up here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, thanks for the reviews. We've got two more. Oh God. wow. Okay. Yeah. No. So who's your leader in the clubhouse right now? Number one. Uh, number one was uh, the the uh, a variable thirty to sixty minute alarm clock is is right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. All right, we've got one from uh, Larry Scott writing in a review. Five wow. stars here. Thanks, Larry. Uh, podcast of champions talking all things Big Ten. Pac-12 HQ. All right, so this is setting a scene. George Klyavkov. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to start meeting our fans where they are at. Applause. Yay. Podcasts are the medium of the future. What is the best Pac-12 podcast? There's a lot of them, right? Intern. Uh Sir, that would be the Podcast of Champions, hosted by Ryan Abraham and David Woods. Podcast of Champions. Yeah, Elsa wins it, but you really can't short-sell Mulan. (laughs) George Klyavkov. Give me a minute, everyone. (laughs) Ring, ring. Big Ten. Hi, this is Kevin Warren. George Klyavkov. Listen, Kevin, got any jobs available? All right. Nice stuff. I like it, Larry. Hey. Uh, George does listen. He doesn't have to ask his intern because he t- he told me right to my face that you're the podcast that makes fun of my distribution. Like yep. literally the words he said to me. And then we finally have one from John USC Trojan. Five okay. star review. Subject line, give me my underwear. <laughs> Body, it is a podcast. <laughs> that was it? Yeah, that was it. I mean, that, that's a strong one, actually. I liked that one a lot. It is very good, but I think... I like brevity first. Yes. I like really hitting the notes in your brevity too, which I think that one does. However, I do think it is between a variable 30, 60 minute alarm clock and uh, the skit about George Klyavkov. Yeah. I think we're going to go with the alarm clock. I think. Me too. Yeah. I think that's the winner. Um, congrats. Who, who was that one from? Uh, that one is from Keylime503. Keylime503. Uh, awesome. $100 for you. Uh, thanks to Jockey. Uh, thanks to our buddy Tom. Um, I think we have one more. So we have one more left, and we'll see if jo- I'm sure they'll send us some more. This has been like super successful as far as it's fun for us. Like, it's fun for us, and people are uh, getting some good jockey gear out of it. And I love, you know, David takes the time to mail those. Wait, 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 that's me, but that's okay. You know, I'll mail them out to you as soon as I get the email. But I, I, I pay for the uh, the automatic stamp machine that we have, right? No, no, no. Just the stamp for my kitchen drawer is oh, where it goes. Up. Right. Yeah, right, that's okay. Right. Uh, it's my pleasure doing it. It's, it's awesome that our listeners do this. But it I pay help. for this office. No. Where we, yeah, no? no? No, I don't do that either. <laughs> All this equipment. But no. Yeah. I, I bought some of that though, right? No, not any. Half? We didn't go splitsies? <laughs> no, we did not. I was, it's funny. I was, uh, over near Google in, uh, with Playa Vista the other day. Our once in future home. <laughs> we were like, so when we were part of Scout, we were due and fought like, Scout had just broken away from Fox, but we still had office. Scout still had offices in the Fox building there, and they let us. Use, we did some original podcasting in there. Yeah, like, they very reluctantly let us to do let us yeah. do stuff in there. And then, like slowly but surely, like the people, like there were six cubes there, and then it became like three, and then it was like, and then like everyone got fired from that part. Like the Fox people got fired. Yeah, it was like, literally us two, and then like one senior executive just kind of sitting there. Yeah, 
So that's sort of. I wonder if our key cards still work to get into that parking garage. Yeah. Worth a try. It's def- it's it's different over there now. I mean, uh, like Google's there, like you, all the stuff. So, anyway, that's uh, how that one goes. Uh, well, we, we're going to do a preview of the Pac-12 North, um, and but we're going to get to a, a little some newsy stuff first. Uh, you care about the Olympics? You don't care at all, right? Um, I won't say I don't care at all. I care very minimally. Okay. I watched a little bit. I just watched, like, it seems like America came back late when all the team stuff was going on. Like, we won, like, so water I didn't, polo, I wasn't basketball. paying attention to any of that stuff. Like, I watched, um, some of the sprinting. Oh, like, okay. I, I was I was in it for love of the game. I don't really care about the whole uh, nationalism angle. Gotcha. Well, anyway, uh, if you if you want to say we for America, we did pretty sure, good. Sure, we, sure. we got the I mean, most medals. But the Pac-12 would have been second uh, if it was a country. What event do you think you would do best in? Like, and I know you have the volleyball thing. Yeah. But but do you think you would do best in that? That's a good question. Um, I probably like. I mean, those guys are just so much better than me but like what else would i be at like? the risk of being absurd i think i would do okay at the table tennis like not oh, obviously would they would crushed. obviously i would get crushed but i think i could at least return a serve okay that's good i mean i think the same thing would be for volleyball like i could like you could probably put me at a libero and i would dig some balls or something right but like they would tattoo them off my like yeah, there's no <laughs> way i could hit again those guys are so much right like i'm a hitter like i'm six three Right, jump, jump okay, but but, but they're those guys six would, six and long, and they can jump longer, higher than you, and like just would just roof the crap out of me every chance. Yeah, yeah. So, but you still would say that is probably your best event. Yeah, I, there was. But what about to, like golf? Like, do you think so? Here's the question: oh, Would you get crushed. lapped by the field even harder in golf than you would in volleyball? Even though volleyball is maybe your preferred sport. I think those golf guys are so <laughs> like it's like I play a lot of golf and I'm just like not even close like. I don't know. I mean, I, that's that would be tough. I think someone pointed this out. Like, if you had like three years to prepare, I think I was we're talking to Bruce Feldman actually. Um, three years to prepare. Like, would archery be your best bet? Like archery? Because um, like, if you just did that, like, there's no way I'm going to ever run anywhere near as fast as those guys. Three years, a thousand years to prepare. What if you just went insane trying to become one of those dressage people, like the people who ride the horses? Like, do you think you could do that in three years? Like, just train that, yourself I, up incredibly to do that? Because you see, basically, the reason there is you see the like sixty-five-year-old dudes who are doing that. Yeah, the uh, horse is the athlete, too. right? right? Yeah. The athlete who you beat when yeah. you're trying to get attacked, right? Um, uh, potentially, I I think with archery you could like those bows are like ridiculous. Like in three years, you could probably like oh, he's okay. Like you wouldn't know you wouldn't be like an Olympian or anything, but. Well, I, th- that one doesn't. It's it's a it's pure skill. It's not like I mean I'm sure there's some level of like actual athleticism to it at yeah. some level, but I think it's like uh, once you're above that baseline, it's just the skill of doing it. It's just practice, right? Yeah. Like you never be able to swim that fast. Like there's no like you would. I mean I would like never if a- I tried to do like one of those insane like long swims, I would actually just die. Yeah, I would actually just <laughs> sink to the bottom of the pool and be done. Um, or like yeah, that's the thing. Like. Marathon, yeah. If I train for like three years, I could maybe run like a what a four hour marathon, right. maybe. And those guys are two hours and <laughs> yeah, eight like... minutes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That would be tough. I I would probably still have to go just volleyball, where like I could pass a serve sometimes and like you know play back row some. But yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think I'm gonna stick with table tennis, like because I think I think I could maybe 
and this is one of those ridiculous things, but I think I could maybe score a point. Like, I think I could maybe do it. Okay. Because yeah. I've got, like, a decent enough serve. They okay. all serve kind of weird. Like, I think I could do it. Those guys, I mean, I'm not the, I don't play a lot. So, like, if, you know, I'm not, usually, like, a lot of games, like, pool, like, I'm probably beating most of my friends. Like, table tennis is not. I'm not that good at that one. I just never played that much. The, watching those guys just, I'm like, okay, no way. Like I'm like a, I would say a 65 percentile player at, at, okay. at ping pong. Yeah, that's better than me. So, yeah. well, you do, you do well. All right. Uh, well, anyway, the Pac-12 had 108 medals, which was second if it was a country behind the USA. So, yay, Pac-12. Um, let's see. Did you read that story by uh, Kyle Bonagora and Adam Rittenberg about Paul Wolf, the former Washington State? Uh, I did. It was a really, really good story. I recommend everyone read it. Uh, Kyle's a he's he's a friend of the show. He's very good. Yeah, been on the show several times. Uh, but it's a just a wild story. I don't want to give away too much, but yeah. it's uh. Worth reading in full about uh, Paul Wolf and his mother and uh, just absolutely crazy story. Yeah, mother missing like 41 missing years. Missing for 40, like, 40, 49 years, years wasn't it? Was it? Or was it 79? Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, but crazy. It's like if you like the true crime kind of stories yeah. and stuff, you kind of get to feel like, okay, this is what happened, but no one really knew. And like, yeah, it just it gets a little frustrating too because you're just like, man, how can we not have fixed this for this person at some point, you know? Oh, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, so um, he's at Cal Poly now, Paul Wolf. Uh, so, but yeah, it was a uh, head coach at Washington State for four years. So make sure you go check that out. I tweeted that out. Uh, we got some beer sales. Um, I think Washington just announced UCLA, USC recently. Uh, I believe all the Pac 12 schools are selling beer now, except for Washington State, Stanford, and I believe Utah. Um, I believe those are the, the three. Oregon, you can. Buy, but not like student section stuff. I think that uh, seems enforceable. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is a good idea? Sell more beer. I can't see why not. Yeah, it worked add, before. Add add alcohol to any sporting event; it gets better, right? Way better. Uh, well, I mean, it's like you have to make the experience of being at the game better because it's really cool to have a beer in front of your TV and watch a whole bunch of stuff at once. So. I mean, um, beyond that, like the the TV experience is. I mean, even if you are not drinking, it is just so much better than being at a football game. Yeah, and uh, I realize I'm saying something sacrilegious to every one of the like tailgating people. They get really pissed off at me. Ooh, they do. They get so mad because you like tailgating, but you talk. You I, kind of talk trash about it. I was it. a crazy tailgater for like a decade, and then I'm like, nah, I'm done with that because sitting in front of your TV. It's really nice. Yeah. You get all the necessary information. Uh, you get the replays of different things, so you're not just yelling incoherently about something you didn't see quite right. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Watch on TV. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, you can buy beer in most of the places now. So three quarters of the, the schools, you can buy beer. Uh, Wilner had some, uh, like a story on, um, Basically, he said, to secure enduring West Coast harmony, George Klyovkov must keep the most valuable, most desirable football schools happy. The list starts exactly where Klyovkov's tour began. It started with USC. He went to Oregon next. Um, and he tweeted, a Utah fan tweeted, tweeted on Twitter. He's like, I hate it, but I get it. And Wilner said, those are seven words to live by by many Pac-12 fans. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole thing about keeping the big brands Happy because it's definitely different than what the Pac-12 has been used to. I mean, I think they have to do it. I think it's a matter of survival at this point. Um, beyond everything else, they've got to keep um, if they want to keep the league intact at some level. You, 
because you have to keep the ones that are happy, the ones that all have the potential to leave happy. Yeah. Um, at this point, so, um, I think that's the mission. Um, right now, um, keep them happy, and then hopefully continue to improve them. Um, through whatever means the league has. I mean, I think it's reality is it's scheduling. You know, making sure that they're lined up um, for potential big runs when they have the right collection of talent. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, and that's why his tour started at USC. I mean, I know there was a thread on the UCLA board about this whole thing and a lot of consternation that it was so baldly said that USC is the, you know, driver in the Pac 12. And it's like nothing has ever been more obvious or has been more obvious in the last 50 years. I mean, that is USC. The question is, who along with USC should be listened to. Yeah. And I think that's a conversation about the California schools, Oregon and Washington. Yeah. Everyone else, uh, sorry, probably don't have much of a voice in this whole thing, but Washington, Oregon, and everybody in California because of the TV markets are going to have, I would say, more of a prominent voice in this than anyone else. And I think he would have went to – I didn't ask him about this when we met. Um, I mean, it was – USC was the first stop, but it was like right after Pac-12 Media Day, which was in L.A., I think for UCLA there was some there wasn't a lot of as many people on campus with the schedules. Yeah, and stuff. well, because they don't start they they don't start schools early, and um, they were doing I think a little bit more COVID stuff with who they were keeping off campus. Okay, so I mean I, I think he'll be you know he could have easily went over to UCLA, but he did USC Oregon, uh, boom boom off the bat, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, but you seeing what Texas and Oklahoma did, you're gonna have to keep those brands happy to keep people together. And I, th- I like what he's been doing. I think he's got a good chance of keeping everything together. Uh, we'll see how he does. And then before we get in the preview, the coaches poll uh, came out, which is mm, polls are pretty meaningless. Coaches polls, very meaningless. A bunch of SIDs doing Entirely it. meaningless. Um, Pac-12, not well represented. <laughs> no. Uh, Oregon comes in at number 12, USC 14, and Washington 21. Gorgeous. Um, yeah. Exciting. No other thoughts. There were uh, there was some votes. I think Utah, like UCLA, got I think Cal got a vote. Hey, go Cal! Um, Cal won one they, game. Did they, 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 they hang a banner for that? I can't remember. Uh, Stanford got a vote. Maybe Cal didn't. I think Stanford did. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Cal did. Do uh, they they etched something on the walls of the stadium for that? Right, the Memorial Stadium. Forgetting yeah, a yeah. preseason, getting an, a vote. vote. Yeah, <laughs> the a team that went one and three. <laughs> Preseason coaches poll received a vote. I'm sorry. That was that was some aggressive Cal hate for no reason right there. Yeah, I'm well, sorry, I, people. Well, that's, that's your UCLA uh, <laughs> yeah. coming out there. Um, all right. Well, why don't we do uh, little previews of the Pac-12 North. Um, maybe start with Oregon, I guess. Oregon. Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Quack. Pac- quack. Oh, wait. Yeah, we can. Uh, why don't yeah, we do come that? on, buddy. Oregon Ducks. There we go. Uh, I got to do a lot here on the show. So. Yeah, I mean, geez, you got to lead this off. You're the only one with notes, and you have to do all the soundboarding stuff. But like, we all know I'm carrying this thing. You know, it's funny. This morning, I played some volleyball with some buddies, and uh, this one guy, we usually play pretty good together. And for whatever reason, he just was like terrible. So you just feel like it's doubles. So like, you literally have to carry the person. Like, uh-huh. You know. Uh, so I felt like you know what? I'm gonna like I got to carry my partner here in volleyball this morning, and then. In the afternoon, I'm gonna have to carry my partner. You know, in the afternoon, you get carried by your partner, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. That's sure. That's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. Um, all right, Mario Cristobal back for his fourth uh, season. Joe Moorhead, we get to see him his first full season. Tim DeRuiter takes over as defensive 
coordinator. Uh, Tyler Shuck is gone. Transfers out uh, to Texas Tech. Anthony Brown Jr. Uh, from Boston College, who we saw later in the season, a couple touchdowns against SC. Probably going to take over. They got Jay Butterfield and uh, Ty Thompson, who's a really good recruit uh, there. CJ Verdell's back. Travis Dye. Jalen Red, Johnny Johnson, of course, Kayvon Thibodeau, Noah Sewell uh, on the defensive side. Linebacker Justin Flo expects some big things from him. Mikael Wright, one of the better corners in the conference. Uh, nine offensive starters, seven defensive starters. Um, any thoughts on the return? Thoughts on the Ducks? Yeah, um, I think uh, offensively, I'm excited to see what they do with. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's Anthony Brown from day one. Um, I would think so. Behind, uh, I think every single offensive line starter from the bowl game is back. Um, so that's a lot of continuity between quarterback, running backs, um, and the offensive line, at least from the end of last year when Anthony Brown was taking on a much larger role. I'm excited to see what he will do over the course of a full season. Um, of you know getting the major reps, they clearly had more confidence in him uh, at the end of the year. But I'm expecting pretty big things from Oregon. Um, I think they should be very very good offensively, um, and then defensively, um, I, I think it's just a matter of kind of arresting their slide a little bit from uh, the Jim Levitt years uh, to now. Because um, last year they took a step back, got to arrest that a little bit. They've got too much talent to uh, continue to backslide there. Yeah, they they also did. Do well on the turnover front, minus nine on turnovers. Um, schedule's pretty mediocre. Number 49 in the country, according to uh, our buddy F Phil Steele. Um, out of conference, Fresno State at home, St Stony Brook at home. But in between, uh, David, they're going to um, – is that Ohio University? or is it, no? The, Miami, Ohio? I, uh, no, wait. That's Ohio State. Oh, yeah. right. They're really good. They are really good. Um, where are they in the preseason? Because don't they have? They've got some stuff they need to they replace, were like right? Three or four or something. Yeah, they're going to they're going to be really good. They're going to be one of the few teams with more talent than Oregon on the schedule. Um, uh, Oregon will not be favored in that football game, uh, nope. but they should have a puncher's chance. Uh, maybe even a little bit better than that. And that's the only game on the schedule actually where I look at it and say they're not going to be favored. Um, other than that, there's Oregon at Washington, which. Uh, Right now, I would still have Oregon as maybe a road favorite in that, but only by a point or two. Yeah. And then Oregon at Utah. But other than that, um, this schedule sets up, I would say, pretty well for Oregon. They do avoid USC in the regular season. And ASU. Which, and ASU. Well, that could be a good or a bad thing, depending on what happens. Well, it's a good thing when it's the context, right? Because they have Arizona. Um, there isn't a situation yeah. more than likely where uh, Arizona is a lot better than ASU this year. So, I mean, the schedule sets up for this to be a double-digit win team and potentially greater than that. It, it really, I think a lot depends on Cristobal um, and his ability to, you know, continue to manage games um, better because uh, he's had some flubs in the past that have cost them wins. Um, the Auburn game stands out as one. Um, so I think it's incumbent upon Cristobal to, uh, you know, show he's learned a little bit more as a head coach and then also uh, this defense to, um, you know, have a firm bottom and try to work back up um, yeah. because this past year wasn't as good. I agree with you there. Um, we'll do, you've already done your preseason picks. I need to do mine. So maybe we'll do those like the week before Two weeks from now, once we finish the previews. So we'll do previews. We wanted to kind of do, we both know the South a little bit better, obviously, but the um, there's more like 
I don't know, uh, fluidity in the South. I'd like to wait a little longer before we like preview Arizona State because it could be different. Right. Uh, oh, we didn't even mention that. I, f- I forgot to mention it at the top. Oh, more assistant coaches Two that more are assist- not Antonio Pierce um, and not Herm Edwards. Yeah, Prentice Gill and uh, wide receivers coach and uh, Chris Hawkins, DB coach. I don't care. You don't ca- I know you don't care. Don't care. Um, but Give me some big names. One third of the coaching staff is now on leave. Like, mm, you should see the motion he's making right now. Uh, yeah, well, it's circular and I, forward and back. I did Kanzano's show earlier today. Well, name drop, you know, action. <laughs> Maybe, you know, he's, I love him. Uh, great guy. Uh, yeah, like we just talked about it for a while. I mean, could you imagine? Like, I just can't imagine that the three most junior coaches, I believe that's the three, you know, like, or two, at least two of them, that's where it's going to end, you know. I can't believe that my motion didn't somehow get you to stop talking about this. No. But here we are. It made um, me want to talk about it more. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it stops there, that would be obviously silly um, because no one cares about three assistant coaches, as I'm pointing out here. Um, if when does Antonio Pierce get put on administrative? That's when you're like. That's when does get Herm Edwards get put on administrative leave? Then you have my attention. If Herb this Edwards, is ASU trying to throw like sacrifices on the altar and hoping it appeases the guys. And, and David Woods is not going to have any of his Dikembe Matumbo waving his finger. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You give me Herm or give me nothing. All righty. So we'll do our two weeks from now, we'll do our picks. David's already done all those. So I'll go through and pick those. We both picked Oregon to win the North. Correct. And we both picked Washington to finish second. Correct. So let's go. Uh, with our number two team in the North. Washington Huskies. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Lake, his second season. Uh, first one, pretty covid Didn't really get a whole lot going on. Had three games. I mean, four games. Went three and one. Uh, John Donovan's back at uh, offensive coordinator. And then they got Bob Gregory. He was promoted uh, to defensive coordinator because Pete Kawakowski. What is it? Kwiatkowski? Kwiatkowski, yes. Uh, moved on with Sark to Texas. We'll see uh, how what that move um, does. Uh, let's see, overall, so probably Dylan Morris uh, looking at quarterback, but they got the five-star uh, legacy Sam Heward there. Kate Otten, probably one of the better tight ends in the country. He's around there. I think uh, Richard Newton at running back. Um, Trent McDuffie, one of the great DBs in the, in the league, but you know, a bunch of guys back uh, on defense, there's 10 returning stars on offense and, uh, eight on defense. We're seeing a lot of big numbers for the returning stars because so many people are just back because the COVID stuff, but, um, overall thoughts on, uh, the Huskies and could they beat Oregon? Yeah, I mean, I think Washington's going to be pretty good this year. Um, and I think the schedule sets up for them to be, um, you know, potentially, right there with Oregon um, in the league. Um, I'm not uh, super sold on Jimmy Lake so far. I think this is a major kind of prove it year for him. Um, And, you know, I think uh, offensively um, it looked altogether pretty similar to the Chris Peterson years to me. Um, A boring kind of dreary offense uh, under John Donovan. Not the Um, Jonathan Smith stuff that we liked. No. Um, And, uh, Dylan Morris, I think, looks okay. I think he looks serviceable um, at worst. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just um, I'm not completely sold on that receiving core as like a playmaking group. Um, and then I think defensively, they're going to have to work some things out in the back in the defensive backfield. Um, but uh, overall, I think it'll be a, a 
a solid Washington team like we're completely used to. Uh, but uh, I think Jimmy Lake needs to show something because that still is uh, probably a top three talented team in the league right now. Yeah. Um, and they need to play like it for an entire season. They do have a big offensive line and everybody's back uh, there. So maybe, you know, try to lean on some people. I think Jimmy Lake wanted to have like that downhill uh, running. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Um, they, they did lose Jacob Sermon. He transferred out to central Michigan. Uh, they pick up a wide receiver from Texas tech, uh, Jalen Polk. So maybe he'll help out with those receivers a little bit. Uh, the schedule strength, number 57, uh, in the league and similar to Oregon, they got a week two road game against the big 10 opponent. Uh, easier than Ohio state, bigger name. I mean, as big of a name, Michigan, but not as, you know, powerful as the program is. Ohio State's a you know perennial uh, cultural ball playoff uh, participant, and Michigan has not been. Yeah, so that's it. That, that's an opportunity for a big win. Um, oh yeah, big jo- name win. Absolutely. Um, and so they've got that opportunity. Um, they're going to uh, paste Montana and Arkansas State. So similar to Oregon in that respect, is that a more than likely you know two and one, but maybe a three and zero oh if they you know it would be a strong three and oh. if they play their cards right. Um, and then in the conference schedule, they, like Oregon, avoid USC, which that's huge this yeah. year. And unlike Oregon, they actually avoid Utah yeah. on the flipped it's schedule. It's a good schedule. Yeah. So Washington has one of the more favorable conference schedules, I think, in the league this year. Yeah, they got two Friday games, but, you know, one of them's at Arizona, which, you know, 12-game losing streak. And... uh Apple Cup, which what they've won like ten of eleven or something in the Apple Cup. It's been a, it's been a pretty dominant run. True, um, but no no air raid this year. No air raid. They get the uh, run and shoot. Yep. Um, didn't get to happen last year, right? I they think so. The first, yeah, they missed it for the first time like forever. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll see um, what they're able to do there. But it could be a you know, I'm curious to see what the defense looks like because they got a, they got guys back. But, you know, losing the mastermind of everything, how is that going to work out? So we'll see. True. One thing I forgot to mention with Oregon, um, did you catch this a couple of weeks ago? Two of their defensive backs got uh, arrested, like those shooting, like those pellet guns, like airsoft guns at people or something. No, I missed it. Yeah, DJ James and safety Jamal Hill. So I think they were char- Jamal Hill. They were charged. I, I don't believe they were arrest- arrested, though, so... I don't have to see what goes. That was like a week ago. So I haven't heard anything new, but I forgot to mention that in the preview. So my apologies um, for that. Uh, who do you want to go? Number three. I went the sturdy golden bear. Yeah, I think we should do. I, I like that. We'll go number three. California golden bears. Justin Wilcox, fifth season. Um Kind of a prove it year, a lot of prove it years, I think, in the Pac-12. I love just coming off the pandemic. It's sort of like you can get a buy, you can get a buy year. That's got to be prove it year for Wilcox. Um, you got Bill Musgrave as the second season offensive coordinator. Peter Sermon, uh, he's been on the staff for four years, but second year as defensive coordinator. Of course, Chase Garbers have been there forever. You know, MVP of the league in 2019. Um, nine returning stars on offense, eight on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a team that you know has some uh, potential to be really good. They got ten super seniors. Um, they did lose one of their better defensive uh, linemen, Brett Johnson. To he had hip surgery, so he's out for the year. 
But this is a team, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure what direction Cal could go, but if the offense gets better, you think the defense is going to be good? They had weird COVID year. Like, it was just, you know, they beat Washington last year. You know, like, it was just a weird overall. It's one of those teams where you're just like, eh, I, I don't know what I'm going to gain from 2020, but I think there's a lot of potential in 2021. Yeah, this is, I mean, we'll get to the schedule in a second. This is one that's also influenced by the schedule um, for them in the league. But yeah, I mean, looking at Cal, uh, the offense is never going to get figured out. They're going to be bad every year <laughs> under Justin Wilcox. The question is just whether Chase Garbers will be healthy enough throughout the year to keep it from being uh, the worst offense imaginable. Okay. When he's in there, it's not the worst offense imaginable. It's just the worst offense in the Pac-12. Uh, when he's not out there, it's the worst <laughs> offense in uh, the the realm of human conception. <laughs> Like if you if you you know just extrapolated as far as you could, uh, this is the 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 furthest extent of what you can imagine. Right, Neanderthals like right. throwing a, a, a <laughs> exactly. skull of a. <laughs> Whereas Chase Garbers is just like uh, whatever 2008 UCLA, but without Chase Garbers, it's you know, it's nine man football against okay. eleven guys. Um, okay. So that's it offensively, but defensively, I would say um, there's some tweaking that needs to be done here regardless. Um, they've been good defensively, but they haven't been um, elite now in a couple of years. Uh, they're not really disruptive at all, um, and I think that's uh, an area where they need to show some improvement this year. Um, they do return quite a bit of their top tacklers from last year, so the hope is that there's just some progression from that group, um, but yeah, I, I I think Cal is going to be decent. And for me, the the main reason I think they're going to be third in the North is that the schedule lines up pretty well for them. Yeah. They're, if they have it, uh, Phil still has them the number 38 schedule in the country. They do have a road game, another week two road game against TCU. Big mm -hmm. one. Yep. Yep. You yep. think TCU is going to be upset that their conference got blown up? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe uh, they're depressed. Maybe Cal can take advantage of them. Uh, Nevada, Sac State, you know, those are certainly winnable games. They do miss Utah and Arizona State. So the, our top three teams have missed, you know, the better teams in the South. So that in the North, so that that certainly helps. Yeah, they're getting the better end of. So each of the top three teams in the North, they're getting the better end of their rotations this year. Yeah. Um, and there isn't a rotation where Cal avoids USC. So it's just not possible. But they're they, they get Arizona and they get Colorado. Those are two wins, whereas Utah and ASU would be more than likely losses. So for that reason, that's why, you know, Cal looks like a potential seven and five team because they can go two and one in non-conference. And then this sets up at least for them to go, you know, five and four in, in conference play. Yeah. Um, I think that's completely on the table for them. So even if they're not great, uh, I think Cal's um, in good shape for a bowl game this year. They do have to play at Washington. Uh, it'll be after they play Sacramento State, so that's, you know, okay. Uh, I would say the at Oregon game in week seven is big. They have a bye, but Oregon also has a bye. So fully rested teams uh, going at it, but that's going to be in, you know, Austin Stadium. Um, you know, they, they have a road game against Arizona. It's like, okay, uh, road game against Stanford. That's still in the Bay Area. And they play the Bruins on the road, too. So a couple road games to end the season. But I don't know. This is a team that could be, you know, if they stay healthy, it could be pretty good. Uh, I think the most of the offensive line is back. They did have, uh, um, what's it called? They had, uh, oh, Michael uh, Saffel. So he was one of the better offensive linemen, I think, from the previous year. He ended up medically retiring. Um, so, but I think for the rest of the guys are back. So they got a, you know, nine offensive starters back. Of course, Chase Garbers, you got to see him back. So yeah, we'll see how this, uh, 
how this team does. But, you know, there's, I think, you know, do, can they win the South? I mean, can they win the North? Can they, do you think they can? No, not this year. Yeah. But I think like, they'll be decent. I don't think they're going to be good. They beat Washington last year. I mean, they could finish second or something in the North. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, but I just don't see them beating both, uh, getting past both Oregon and Washington. But you just can't go like, you know, five and seven or something. This team's got to be. Yeah, better. this team, yeah. I mean, with that schedule, I think anything under uh, six and six would be an abject disappointment. All right, where do you want to go fourth? I think I had Stanford fourth, so we can go with them. We can go with uh, with that. We'll stay in the Bay Area. Stanford Cardinal. Double digits for David Shaw, tenth season, and of course the staff never changes. Davida Pritchard, his eleventh year on the staff, fourth as offensive coordinator. Lance Anderson, fifteenth year on the staff, uh, eighth as defensive coordinator. Um, so. You got Jack West, uh, Tanner McKee. They're going to, McGee, looking to uh, compete for the uh, starting spot with Dave, at quarterback with Davis Mills gone. A um, bunch of losses. I mean, more losses, I think, for Stanford than all the other teams we're going to preview. Six, six offensive starters back, eight on defense. But, you know, Curtis Robertson was a big name. They lost him. Thomas Schaefer at defensive end. Uh, Malik Antoine, the, the safety uh, Simi Fahoku, the you know stud wide receiver. So there, I mean, there's some significant losses, I guess you would say, uh, for the Cardinal. Um, and I think both of us are thinking this could be a fairly down year. I think the, the, the gap between what I'd put Cal at and Stanford, I think, would be significant. Yeah, I think Stanford's going to be bad. Um, if you just, I mean, quarterback alone, it's going to be. Tough to match what Davis Mills was able to do uh, when he was healthy last year. Um, between uh, did, has Tanner McKee won the job yet? I thought they're still. Competing. I think it's Jack West and, and Tanner McKee yeah. still competing. Um, so I think either one of those guys, I think they're going to be a step down from um, uh, from Davis Mills. Uh, the offensive line loses a couple of guys. Shaw has talked it up as he thinks it's, it's a great be, offensive line. He thinks it's going to be great. I don't know if that's just him gassing it up and trying to, you know, get people, you know, on board with this team this year. I, d- I just don't see it. I didn't think they were all that great last year. Uh, and th- they've since lost two starters from that group. Um, you know, they also uh, lost Simi Fahoko. So I just, I- I'm failing to see the offense being super great this year. Um, they were decent last year. Um, did their typical, like, um, bumped back I mean, up four and two like we we they're not getting credit. it was a it was a really soft four and two the the last four games but they won by like 10 they, points they won something. their four games by like a combined 10 points yeah. um <laughs> uh but yeah i mean it's the offense i think is going to take a small step back this year and that was the better part of the team last year the defense is the problem for stanford and it has been for like five years now they're just not good they haven't been in a while they can't stop the run um all those years of seeing those you know, big, strong, tough linebackers and defensive ends, those are gone. Yeah. They, they don't have those guys anymore. Um, and I, I just don't see that just suddenly materializing, especially with the uh, losses um, on that side of the ball. So I think they're going to be mediocre on both sides of the ball, uh, mediocre on offense and potentially bad on defense. And I think the combination is going to be pretty damn ugly. Yeah, I guess the question is going to be: Could a, a Washington State or an Oregon State finish ahead of them? I, I think. Oh, it's I think there's no possible. question. For me, it was um, the Stanford. I, they play such a funky style that they can disrupt some teams sometimes yeah. and win some games that they maybe shouldn't. I think that's why you see a four and two last year when their quality certainly suggested they should not be four and two. 
Um, so there's always potential for them to win a weird game that they shouldn't just because they play such a weird and odd slowdown style. And if they hit just right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the schedule is not, um, it's not easy, I would say, um, because they don't, they literally don't play anyone who's outside of the power five. Yeah. All power five opponents (laughs) schedule strength. Number eight, according to, uh, Phil Steele, they got Kansas state. In Arlington to start the season, and then go go to USC, and go to Vanderbilt. Like and no Colorado and no Arizona. Yeah, so they uh, as far as missing Colorado Arizona, like would you say those are the two bottom teams in the Pac-12 South? Pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty close to the two bottom teams in the league this year. Yeah. So this is not an easy schedule. I do think. I mean, I think making a bowl game would be a, an accomplishment. And yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I could see. So the the like high end for what I can see for them is six and six probably like that's like peak performance for me. Um, they could go two and ten. Yeah, like that could happen. This Can- could this could be the bottom falling out year for Shaw. Yeah, you were gonna play Kansas State. Um, you know, maybe they're pretty upset that they lost their friends in Texas and Oklahoma, uh, far away from home, and you got to play at an SEC school. Now the worst SEC school, but you're playing at one. And oh, by the way, Notre Dame is coming. They're not at home until September 25th against UCLA. Mm. Yeah. That's a. What are you doing, Stanford? (laughs) This is almost as absurd of a schedule as the time they went on the road to Central Florida. Do you remember when they did that? Yeah, yeah. It was like. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Not so good. So where did you. Did you remember the record you predicted for Stanford? I think it went four and eight. Okay. I think that's probably about where I'm going to put them, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so Stanford got some work to do. Uh, we'll see there. And then you I want... had Oregon State ahead of you uh, did. Okay, Washington let's State. we'll do uh, why don't we do this one? Oregon State Beavers, another prove it year coach with Johnson Jonathan Smith in his fourth season. Brian Lindgren is also in his fourth season, offensive coordinator. Tim Tibisar, fourth. Year as the defensive coordinator, they run that three-four kind of style, uh, wide open quarterback room. Tristan Jebbia started last year, but you got Chase Nolan there. Sam Neuer transferred in from Colorado. Um, I think uh, the Ben Golbrinson guy, he's out with a shoulder injury, but they've got a big competition um, there at quarterback. A lot of people returning. Uh, Ten offensive starters, nine defensive starters, but you know some big losses. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, he's off to the league and, uh, the running back and Hamilcar, Hamilcar Rashid, the uh, linebacker. I think he led the pac 12 in like tackles and stuff. He's, he's in the NFL too. So a couple big name losses, but most guys are, are, you know, most people are returning. Um, there's a lot of optimism there. They, they were like in a bunch of games last year. I mean, they seemed to like get better. Like it wasn't like they were getting blown out. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on uh, the beefs? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot needs to get figured out at quarterback. Um, I thought they had some inconsistency at the position last year. Um, I think the running game is it should be strong, um, even with the loss of Jamar Jefferson. Um, I think B.J. Baylor, I mean, I've always been impressed by him. I think he uh, – and they also got a transfer um, from South Carolina. Um, so I think between, you know, whatever they can work up, I'm pretty confident in Jonathan Smith's ability to craft a running game. Yes. Um, and generally offense – because I don't think any of the quarterback options he had last year had much talent whatsoever. Kristen Jebbia, Chance Nolan. Uh, 
they were still able to squeeze some pretty good performances out of them uh, over the course of the year. So um, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a big Jonathan Smith guy. I think he um, gets the most out of what he, um, what he has in terms of talent every year. Um, I think for them, it's going to come down to whether this, whether the defense um, can continue to step up a little bit and can continue to rise. Cause I'm relatively confident that offense is going to be hovering around a top 40 unit for basically the foreseeable future with Jonathan Smith there. Yeah. Um, it's just a question whether that defense can get into a similar range. Um, and if it is, yeah, I mean, they could be good. Um, they, you know, they tend to get a lot of transfers there, so it's hard to fully gauge what it is based off just returning starters and that sort of stuff. Cause you don't know how guys are going to fit the new pieces and everything. So, um, they're always one of the teams I'm excited to watch because it's always something a little bit new, newer than you were expecting based off like returning rosters and everything. If they had like a returning quarterback that you were confident in, like if they had like a Chase Garbers kind of guy and all the guys they have returning and stuff, I'd feel it would be like there would be like a one of those NCAA tournament teams from like a mid-major that has like a senior point guard and a lot of guys that have been on the team for a while and you're just like, oh, this team's going to be good. They've kind of built those four years and put it all together. But without that like quarterback piece that you sure of, maybe someone emerges and they they like them. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll see. Their schedule uh, strength number thirty according to uh, Phil Steele. They got games. Uh, they start the season at Purdue. Uh, you know, I think that's a winnable game. But again, it's another tough road game mm-hmm. out of conference. We've seen a lot of those for the North, Hawaii and Idaho. Um, I don't Hawaii's know. Hawaii's winnable, but that's not a. It's not. Have a, you looked at them? It's not like, a walk in the park because uh, you know UCLA. They return a lot, um, and Todd Graham's a good coach, so I, I I wouldn't sleep on that one. Um, I think it should be a, a game Oregon State's favored in, but I wouldn't sleep on it. And the you know they miss UCLA and Arizona, so not ideal as far as like who you don't have to play uh, in the South. Um, they go on the road to play USC, and they have Washington at home. That's kind of a tough back to back, especially if you. If you go like one or two in that other conference, then you got USC, Washington back to back. So I, you know, winning that Hawaii game would be big. obviously going three and zero would be awesome. Yeah, but. and this is where it comes in the the schedule comes in um, because I, I think if Oregon State had Cal's schedule, I'd have them ahead of Stanford. Right? They just they got they're getting kind of worked with the schedule a little. Yeah, bit. like Stanford. I mean, Stanford is too, but um, you know. Eh. Yeah, all things being equal, I think Oregon State's. Um, pretty similar to Stanford. Um, it's just I would have them on a rising trajectory versus a falling trajectory for Oregon Stanford. State has Stanford at home week 11. Going to be a battle. So, I mean, it's tough. You've Oregon State behind them, but they get Stanford at home. I think it's going to happen. You think they'll beat them? Never do it. All right. Predicting uh, it now. Putting it, you change your pick? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I will. Because it wasn't... Uh, um, all right. And then I guess, uh, pulling up the rear, which I don't think, I mean, I think Washington state could actually finish fourth, maybe even third. I don't know. in the, uh, the PAC 12 North and I'm going to give them the, uh, the good one. Washington state Cougars. Uh, yeah. So Nick Rolovich second season, uh, is, is COVID going to play? We haven't really talked COVID, but I even deleted the COVID cancel button on the thing because like needed some space. I'm like, ah, we don't need that anymore. But I saw a picture of him like doing a interview where he's like f- like full on N95 kind of mask thing and stuff. You know, it's like it's gonna be it's, that's gonna be weird, right? 
Yeah, it's going to be super weird. It's <laughs> going to be not super weird if you don't. Well, know. and yeah, and they uh, they lost a bunch of games last year to COVID as it was. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see uh, I'm interested to see this in a lot of respects. Both like, are they going to get hit by COVID again because their coach is an idiot? But also, um, we haven't really seen uh, Nick Rolovich's Washington State yet. No. Like we really haven't. We've seen four games of it, and they were limited in a lot of those games. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, you know, this year I think they lost a ton of their receiving production from last year, so yeah. it's going to be a little bit topsy turvy. But they've still got Max Borgie, um, Jaden Delores. You know, there um, he's going to compete with Cam and Cooper and uh, Jarrett Guarantano. Right. Yeah. Um, so Guarantano, we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens at quarterback. Um, but defensively, they actually return a ton. Like yeah. they return, uh, I think, ten starters back, and basically every, almost every. But he had a tackle last year. Um, so might they be decent defensively? Um, I think they'll be better. I think yeah. they will. And yeah. if they're able to you know, get some things done defensively, you've got to be relatively confident that Rolovich is going to be able to produce some offense. Four offensive line uh, returners, so uh, that's good. Uh, they got uh, Dion McIntosh, too, is a really good running back to go with Borgie. And uh, Terrell Harris, and they, I know they lost some production at receiver, but he's, you know, he's back, so yep. that... Um, that helps, and a lot of you know, Jalen Watson was a one-time USC uh, signee, and he's been a great corner for them. A um, couple good defensive ends. I mean, yeah. So I mean, there's, I think there's some potential there. Their staff is intact. You know, this is one of those things where it's like, your first year is the COVID year. It's really hard to kind of tell what's going on. But there were some people that I thought would have some momentum coming into 2021, like ASU, and they sort of like disrupted themselves. Washington State's in the same boat. Like, I feel like they've disrupted themselves with this COVID stuff. You're like, I, you know, I think I would be higher on them if there wasn't going to be these kind of distractions around the program. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have a bunch of their linebacker core. I think they're all like six year guys, too. So, like, there's some. There's a lot of experience. I mean, they could be good defensively. And if that goes, you know, their way, they, they're one of the teams that I think could surprise uh, and potentially be, you know. who They were up on somebody like. I don't know. 20, You're asking me about twenty-eight seven or something. I forget which are you game it was. Me about last last year season? they were up. Uh, what was the game? Was it? Oh, Utah. They were up like twenty-eight seven and lost forty-five twenty-eight. So something like that. Um, they've given up some big plays on defense too. So I think you got to be a little more sound. There was some kind of feast and famine attempts, but it's looked good. Like they were shutting down Utah for a while, and then it just sort of like the just got their block knocked off there um schedule wise middle pack number 45 um what's the out of conference games are utah state uh portland state and byu yes the byu in the middle of the season but they're all at home so a bunch of home games um you know they do play on the road at oregon they play on the road at washington uh they get usc at home they get usc and Utah instead of UCLA and Colorado. Yeah. So that's, that's T- not tough a break. And that's early in the season too. So, um, you know, they will be two and zero going into that stretch, but they go USC at Utah and at Cal. So, you know, that's, uh, you got to try to win a, one or two of those if you can. Yeah. Try to escape that without, uh, too much, uh, disaster. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our PAC 12 North preview. Please yell at us if we miss something obvious with your team because we're both not that smart. And, uh, you know, we do our best, but we discussed. Like, we dis- Did you not know that blah, blah, blah? We discussed previewing the Pac 12 North uh, approximately five minutes before the show. 
Yes. To be fair, that this wasn't like a week of prep. <laughs> I've been like going crazy. Like I've just been at USC every day, and they're like, you get home, and then you're like editing video and writing stories, and like, I had to like take two hours out of my day to try to like think about this preview, which you know I could have been creating content and stuff. Um, so, yeah, sorry if it wasn't as thorough as it was beautiful. Been. Yeah, I laughed, I cried. Nice. All right, well, let's take a break, and we'll be back in a minute to answer questions. All right, we're back here on the podcast of Champions. Um, I don't think we have that many questions this week, so we can uh, get through this. Uh, I think. Fight power with power. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. This is from Clean. Uh, If a new order is inevitable and the large schools will end up in an NFL-style format league, why don't the remaining big four conferences fight power with power against the SEC and ESPN? The SEC will continue to take because they can, and a lot of schools would join if invited. Should the other four conferences get together with Fox, CBS, and NBC to create their own, quote, league and championship without the SEC and ESPN? That would put the SEC on the outside, unless you think the SEC would still wield more power. The Big Four could invite members away from the SEC to join the large group. I'm guessing they they would not earn more money than the SEC TV deal, but the demand for SEC product that's simply a small outside uh, for an, for SEC product that's simply a small outside league may wane and create a more even playing field while protecting their own product. I hope that makes sense. Thank you and keep up the work. Uh, clean from a. Um, power in college football standpoint i think you have something there the problem is the money um because what you're talking about is the four leagues where if you split up the pie between those four leagues the money per school is still going to be less than what the money per school is for the sec yes significantly less significantly less because you're talking about a bunch of small markets and areas that people don't care um so i don't see uh because money is the driver here entirely uh i don't see this sort of thing happening now i think you could see it on a smaller scale i think the big 10 itself is going to want to rather than be subsumed uh create a second poll um but i think this is this is this is looking like a bipolar setup to me not necessarily a thing where there's going to be some way to exert power over the sec i i think this we've allowed this monster to grow too big yeah this would be tough to do like First of all, you need like a governing body and every one of these conferences are going to do what's best for them. You would have to get all the four other conferences, the power five to come together and essentially some kind of siege around like the SEC, right? Like we got my Stalingrad book over here. You're trying to just like choke them out, but they're very strong. Well, don't get me wrong for the health of the sport and the longevity of the sport. Would it be better? If all of the conferences agreed to be under an organized body that actually had some power, 100%, yeah. it would be better for the longevity of the sport. This, The way things are going isn't – I mean, I, I don't think anybody would argue that it's good for the long term of the sport. What you have is a lot of people who are desperate for money, and they want the, the more, more money, more, more money for their school. And that's what's going into this. Um, it's this insane power struggle where – or this insane um, um, race where it's all about um, – you know, we've got to get a better facility. We've got to pay more for our coach, the whole thing. And then it's this self-fulfilling cycle where then they need more money, need more money coming in, need more TV deal, need more of all this stuff. Um, and so the end result is it's just – it's not about um, winning games or, you know, playing the sport well or whatever. It's about making money, which is why you see Texas and Oklahoma deciding to go into the SEC when that 
dramatically reduces their chances of making a playoff um, because they want the money. Exactly. So end of the day, um, that's going to be bad for the sport. Um, uh, it will turn it into something potentially regional, potentially um, more professionalized uh, in terms of the actual product itself. Um, so you're right, clean. Hopefully um, some some sanity prevails with uh, some long-term thinking, uh, but we don't do long-term thinking in human society anymore, especially. Um, so we're probably just going to continue to watch it get worse and worse. Yeah, and I I'm think- not just talking about football. Right, but I would say... It's there's not like some no one was going to come together and say, hey, we're this is what we should do. Kevin Warren's going to do what's best for the Big Ten and George Klyavkov's going to do what's best for the Pac-12. It would take a miracle for some. And I don't even know if that would work, but it would. Yeah, just the I guess, the, you know, there's a strategy. It's like everyone gang up on them, but people are just going to do what's best for their their little fiefdoms. Right. You know. So. Yeah. Well, because as sea levels rise, you've got to be a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more cognizant of your own people. Yeah. Uh, This is from Alfred. Uh, He says, hey, guys, the Buffs have a quarterback competition during fall camp between Brendan Lewis and JT Shroud after practice when Lewis was asked how close the competition is. At this point, he stated quarterback coach uh, Langsford uh, Langsdorf posts a new sheet every day with our percentages, completions, reps, all that. So we know we can see how we're doing. I find that openly communicated quantitative assessment as an intriguing approach given that Lewis was not recruited by Langsdorf or Durrell. I wonder if this stats quote sheet is available to the entire team and if this is an uh, internal choice to show I'm I'm sorry intentional choice to show the players that the coaches don't have any biases among quote their guys. Do you guys know if this is a common coaching practice to determine a starter as you mentioned on the pod, Lewis is more of a, quote, dual threat and with Shroud more of a pocket passer. With what I assume to be a very heavy uh, 12 personnel Colorado offense, would you opt for a running quarterback or a throw it over the top QB? Cheers from Alfred. And just to answer this question, I did a little uh, research. I emailed our buddy, Adam Munster-Tiger. So he said, the sheet that displays how Lewis and Shroud are doing is in the quarterback meeting room, so I doubt other players are looking at it or are worried about it. They did the same thing with Sam Neuer and Tyler Lytle uh, during the quarterback competition last fall. Lewis and Trout do have different strengths, as the listener points out. But uh, Langsford said their system does not change depending on who is behind center. Shroud's Trout- <laughs> overall a more accurate passer, and Lewis can make plays with his legs, as evidenced by his performance in the Alamo Bowl last year. But Lewis is not a Khalil, T- Khalil Tate type. He still looks to pass, for- pass first. The competition is neck and neck following 15 spring practices and six preseason practices. Most expect Lewis to win the job, but I have a gut feeling it might end up being Shroud. We shall see. Thanks, Adam, for that one. Is the sport still college football? It still is. Right. Um, Then you want the guy who can run to. So uh, (laughs) that'll be Brandon Lewis. He should be the one who wins. All right. Um, Well, he's expected to, according to our buddy Adam. Well, he said he he had a gut feeling it's going to be J.T. Shroud. You don't like his gut feeling. I'm just saying. All right. This is from Mark in Vancouver. Rivalry brawls. Hello, champions. Inspired by a similar question on the college football subreddit, if each of the head coaches of the Pac-12 rivalries, and Utah versus Colorado, since it's not a rivalry, um, fought one-on-one in a steel cage, which coaches would win? 
Okay. This is right up our alley, right? We love this. I feel like we've done this, though. We have. Uh, <laughs> Territorial Cup, Jedfish versus Herm Edwards. All right, so here's the deal. Jedfish, mm. probably not the athlete Herm Edwards once was. Jedfish, a full two decades younger. Or or more? Uh, he, how old are they? Jedfish is 45. Okay, he's a little older than I thought. All right. And Herm Edwards is... 67, 22. So, 22 years. Um, so, so here's the thing. At 67, you're bordering on the brink of, of being old, yeah. right? Like being like, like a little bit slower. You might have put off a hip replacement yeah, for a no, few Yeah, no, like your years. bones might be getting a little brittle. And this isn't, I'm not trying to be ageist, like just like the realities of the situation. Uh, you're getting into like, you're actually, you know, elderly. Um, I would put Herm against most 67-year-olds. But yeah, no, still, no, don't still, get me wrong. He yes. would kick the hell out of a 67-year-old, but I'm just saying a 45-year-old man, you're like, you're still hovering around your prime. Yeah. Like, somewhere in there. I think I got to go Jed Fish. Yeah, me too. He had he had some really good energy at the uh, Pac-12 media day. Now, here's a fun one. All right. Chip Kelly versus Clay Helton. Whew. Clay Helton's in a lot better shape. He is. Like, and I'm not saying he's in great shape, but he's in a lot he's better, in better shape than, yeah. than Chip. Chip's scrappy, though. Chip's a little younger, right? No, Chip's in his 50s. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Who do you think's look young? I think Chip looks younger than Clay Hill. Chip's got kind of a baby face, but it's, yeah. it's again because he's, you know. <laughs> he's he's had a few donuts in his day. Yeah, I mean, it's Which, okay. whatever. It's no big deal, haven't we all? Um, I could go for a donut right now. Yeah, that sounds so good. Mm. Um Got to go, Clay Helton here. I think I'll go Clay. He yeah. is he, he's a much nicer guy though. He is not like I think Chip would be his Chip demeanor. Chip has got the, some scrap to him. In the demeanor in the cage, I got to give the edge to Chip. But like I think Clay's just gonna be, yeah. He's, he's just in better shape. Yeah. Uh, David Shaw versus Justin Wilcox. So Ooh. Shaw's got the reach here, and size. I would say. Is he, Wilcox isn't super big, is he? He was like a linebacker, right? I thought he was. Oh, what I thought he was a decent. I thought. I they, thought he was a DB. Am I wrong? Oh, maybe he was, but I thought they were like about the same size. Let me look. All right, hang on. Do we have his measurements on there? Like, is, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find it. Uh, yeah. So he played defensive back at Oregon. Okay. Justin Wilcox. Um, he's 44. Shaw, I think, is 50. Yeah, Shaw's 49. We're close in age. But Shaw's like 6'3". I don't think Wilcox is that tall, is he? Eh. He was a DB in the late 90s. DBs weren't 6'3". I don't think he's like 5'11", either, though. I think he's like 6'1", or something. But oh, Come on. Justin Wilcox, Oregon, height. <laughs> See the roster back in the day? Yeah, dude. Uh, come on. I don't think he's short. Well, you know Justin Wilcox. You've met him. You've seen yeah, him. Yeah, I've seen him. Like, I, I don't okay. recall him like... I, yeah, if I, I would I would have guessed they were close in size. Okay, so you're not giving Shaw the advantage. I'm not going to give him like a reach advantage or anything. Okay, all right. Um, Wilcox seems angrier. Shaw's a little bit more cerebral. Yeah. I, Wilcox might have the edge in a cage kind of thing. All right, we'll go Wilcox. That's yeah. fine. Um, all right, then we've got Mario Cristobal versus Jonathan Smith. Sorry, Jonathan, that you're not winning that one. Buddy. You don't think? Wait, hold on. What? What? Okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Lake versus Nick Coronavich. 
We need a we need a Nick Corona All right. to drop. Jimmy Lake though. All right, how big are we talking there? He was a DB. He was a also. DB as well, right? Yeah. All right. And Rolovich, like, I feel like he could pull out like a musket or something. Out, you know, like I guess maybe that's more of a, uh, you know, his predecessor. But I might so he's things. he's two years younger, but for all intents and purposes, they are the same age. Yeah. Um, Nick Rolovich is. Uh, I don't have a height on him. My gut's gonna go Lake. Like I just. Yeah, I'll go Lake. Um, I would say, what was Rolovich? Was he a quarterback? Uh, I think so. Is that what he played? Let me see. I'm going to go the defender. Or yeah, no, you, you don't go somebody who's a quarterback. Let me just make sure. Yeah, he was a quarterback. So, right. no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry, Nick. You don't Quarterbacks don't win fights. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, um, that's it. We're done. Carl Durrell I mean, versus <laughs> Kyle Whittingham. I was say we're done. Okay, so obviously <laughs> Kyle Whittingham wins this. Okay, what um, if it was a 10-inch Kyle Whittingham? N- but what if it was – here's the thing. If it was a If it was a long-distance race, I would give it to Carl Durrell. Sure. This is a cage match. <laughs> cage match with, with a, essentially a grizzly bear. Yeah, no. Kyle, Kyle Whittingham probably wins this whole thing. Probably, yeah. No, I would go. Cristobal might get like offensive linemen can play mean. Yeah, Cristobal might give him a run, but yeah, no. This is, I would say, yeah. There's no. This is Kyle Whittingham's game for sure, and it's uh, it's one of those things where you could do the Saturday Night Live skit where like you know the Mike Ditka thing. Like it's like, what if Ditka was only ten inches tall, and you know whatever, like. Um, we could do something like that, but yeah, Whittingham's going to win. Uh, I forgot we had a voicemail. We have a voicemail. Play that for you. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Burke. Um, in terms of the talk with all the conferences and stuff like that, it seems like there's been a lot of talk with the Big Ten and Pac-12 having to add teams um, to try and keep up the SEC. And the one thing that I haven't really heard about either of those conferences doing is kind of rearranging the divisions. Um, and I feel like the Big Ten could really benefit from doing that, as I think – probably having all their best teams in the East has kind of stopped them from having a, a real legitimate shot at having two teams in the playoff the way the SEC is, uh, was able to do a few years back. And I was wondering if you feel like that that would be something that would help the Big Ten and also help the Pac-12 in terms of having a chance at either getting one team into the playoff or potentially two in the future. Thanks, guys. Um, I haven't heard Kevin Warren talk about it. he might have, but I know George Klyovkov has like all that's on the table, right? Yeah. Get rid of divisions, move to whatever you got to do. Uh, pop, all those things. Up. Yeah. All those things. Whenever we would talk about it, some of the people, the listeners would be all mad at us. Like, no, Oregon state needs more trips to California. It's like George Klyovkov's like, yeah, none of that matters. Like we're going to do what's best to try to get teams in the playoffs. So that's definitely on the table in the pack 12. I haven't heard. Um, if they would want to rework those divisions or whatever in the Big Ten, uh, have you heard anything like that? Or no, not at all. Um, so it could I, have happened. We just didn't listen. Yeah, we haven't seen anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I think in this new era of college football and realignment and all of that, I think people are probably going to follow in what the the words of George Klyovkov and just saying like we have to do what we can to maximize our best teams and you know. If whoever it is, if, if it's Michigan State one year, they're the best chance to get, you know, they don't want to be an impediment to Michigan State making the college football playoff, you know, whoever it is. So I feel like that's where these conferences are going to go. So if there's something you can do with the divisions to rearrange or get rid of or whatever to kind of allow, um, you know, the scenario when what was it like a six and six UCLA team was in the uh, conference championship game and could have you know upset 
whether it was Stanford or Oregon, I forget what who it was that year. Uh, and then really knock yourself out of the playoffs. So I, I, I know the Pac-12 is trying to do that, Perk, and uh, I, I'm guessing the Big Ten would be you know, doing whatever they can too. Yeah, agreed. But all right. Well, uh, good stuff. Best stuff. It was uh, top tier stuff. It was it was good. Thanks for all the questions. It was the best of stuff. It was the worst of stuff. And we had like five reviews. Yeah, awesome. Those five star reviews. Those are truly great. It's funny when I look at other podcasts too. Like, not everyone just gets five star reviews all the time. I mean, not everyone gets them, but we're, we have a good average as far as like, I, I loved the review several months ago that said that the entire purpose of this show was actually to drive people to give five star <laughs> reviews. And I think you could make that argument very fairly. Well, I mean, we talk about the very beginning, but it's not like we hound on. But I, I never really cared about that stuff. Um, but it does help, you know. We put effort into the show. We don't get paid really for it or anything. So, like, it's if it's something that can help out and the listeners want to do it, I like it. Uh, it's something, actually, the 24-7 sports people pointed out. Like, that's something that they track and everything. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, we can... Uh, try to get that more i mean i like getting i like soliciting questions getting voicemails just i know people are interacting with the show um but this is a way that's sort of like documented that people are interacting with the show by uh leaving a review yeah it's left there for posterity anybody can see it yeah um but thanks for that make sure you go check out that story our buddy kyle bonagora uh, adam rittenberg uh it's a good one on paul wolf and uh, anything else before we go dave god no okay He's, he's done. He's done talking. But uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, this edition. We got our Pac-12 South preview will be next week. If you have any questions about that, let us know early. We'll try to start planning for it maybe a, you know, a little earlier so we can get uh, some more. Yeah, probably not. Okay. We're, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sh- shoot for the stars here. That's probably not yeah. going to happen. But uh, it does help us kind of get back into things. We'll do our, our all of our picks. And then it's going to be like college football season, which is absolutely crazy so for david woods i'm ryan abraham thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast of champions hope you enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time bye